Welcome to the Six Minute States on this, your Guernsey Press Politics podcast. And uh, I'm Simon Deller, and with me is Helen Bowditch. And uh, we've been uh, looking at and listening to the uh, debate uh, on day two of this late September States meeting. And uh, actually, Helen, before we go any further, um, you're in my seat. I normally sit there. <laughs> do, you, do you mind if we swap over? No, I jest. I jest. There was loads of argument this morning when we turned up, wasn't there? Um, uh, Alderney Representative Snowden came down and said, oh, have, you, have you heard all the arguments going on upstairs? And it was because um, the bailiff has said that uh, members can now sit wherever they want because the Guernsey P- uh, Party of Independence has split up and they're all fighting over them. Well, I do have some sympathy with them because my... Uh, chair at the Guernsey Press, I'm sitting with my feet on loads of electricity cables and I always feel like I might be damaging my bits. <laughs> so I do I do have some sympathy. And also the chamber, it's a really odd setup and you wouldn't want to be sitting directly underneath the top bench because then you've got people sort of peering over you and like they can see what you're, you know, texting and things like that. But yes, I think the idea of it was that... Um, as you mentioned, the dissolution of the Partnership of Independence. And the idea was, you know, maybe have a more sort of collegiate assembly. And I think yesterday some people really embraced that and decided to go and sort of sit next to someone who might traditionally be seen as, uh, you know, from the other divide. Um, but apparently... I think others saw that. that as encroaching on their territory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it all kicked off. It was just, it was very, it was sort of kind of fascinating and utterly puerile at the same time. But anyway, that's not uh, going to affect the lives of people around the island. Uh, what they were debating probably will. So the first example of that is uh, Shue Headland. And uh, should we quarry or should we not open up a new quarry and instead import stone? Um, so we didn't mention that hardly at all yesterday. No, um, we ran out of but, time. Um, so briefly, what happened on the first, the, the first evening was um, the president of Environment and Infrastructure, Deputy Lindsay Summary stated the case for quarrying and Deputy um, Sam Haskins, the vice president of that committee, uh, then stated the case for uh, importing instead. And um, so a fairly collegiate approach, using that word again. Um, Two members of the same committee laying out the arguments and uh, they were told, the state's members, you've got to go for one or the other really because we're going to run out of stone at Layvards in the Mm -hmm. next two years. And uh, so that was quite a wide-ranging debate today that we had on that. Yeah, if, if you were to like, if I was to grossly simplify it, it's sort of economy versus the environment, I suppose, in a way. Um, and I think, do you know, Deputy Roffey said something to me that really just sort of stuck in my head because it, it really encapsulated it. He said he, he was going to vote with his head rather than his heart because, and obviously it's, a, you know, it's this stunning area and a lot of sympathy was expressed for the uh, residents and the businesses in that area, but it was felt that it, it would just be so expensive to import aggregates and also the ports aren't really set up you'd have to buy new cranes it was it was explained that it was doable at the ports but it would be it would be very difficult so the um Chue, that went through 27 votes to nine it's not an absolute foregone conclusion it still has to go through a planning application and a uh, traffic impact assessment environmental as well. ins- yeah. assessments and interesting to note that uh, the president and vice president of the development and planning authority did vote against it so yeah, um, yeah so uh, it, that's possibly a high hurdle for this plan to overcome is to get through planning stage yeah. uh, but uh, well we'll have to we'll have to wait and see on that one uh, we then uh, before we got onto the big uh, meaty topic of tax we, there were a couple of other things that we thought would just go through very quickly didn't really did they they were a yeah. bit more involved one was electricity yes and this was just the um, uh, you know being asked to approve the annual report and the and the um, and the accounts 
And actually, uh, Deputy Gollop said something good because he said they're really difficult. They're really kind of really difficult to read these accounts and and uh, I sort of agreed with them because when I looked at it it just felt like you had to be an actuary to sort of understand it so uh, maybe that's something they could sort of simplify that to make it um, easier for members of the public to understand because it is a, a owned by the by the Guernsey public some one thing in, interesting that came up in that debate was that uh, Deputy Helio was talking about uh, you know, possible threat to the cable link, and because of the French fishermen, there's been this threat to switch off the uh, the cable link. And he said in the past he'd not really taken that seriously, but he was now starting to take that seriously. And it put a big question mark over this direct cable link uh, that is planned at a cost of around 100 million pounds. And he said, well, you know can't we focus more on renewables and be self-sufficient on the island and Deputy Roffey did say yes there's, there's, there's something coming on that in the future uh, then we had the issue of uh, vaccines coming up in oh, the yes, in the I states. That one. Yeah. There was um, this was uh, a a piece of legislation that was due to go through that would limit the liability of the states to one hundred and twenty thousand pounds in the case of somebody who was adversely affected by a vaccine administered through the uh, administration uh, of uh, the vaccine rollout locally and. Um, it was uh, Deputy Governor St Pierre who uh, put the uh, proposal to annul that, um, although he voted against it. Uh, but the reason he was putting it was because he wanted there to be an opportunity for debate. And in fact, his seconder wasn't there. Andrew Taylor uh, disappeared, so uh, Deputy Carapel stepped in and seconded it instead. Um, so the, in the debate there, we had a discussion around the um, new information coming out because obviously the vaccine rollout is, is, is uh, something that's been going on for several months now about... Um, adverse re- reactions uh, in the population to vaccines that have come out. There's some debate about that. Deputy S- Sasha Kazantsova Miller saying that there have been thousands of cases of people dying after having had the, the vaccine. Um, Deputy Soulsby saying no, it was actually 1,653 out of 91 million. Um, and even then, it wasn't a correlation, or, or, or a correlation rather than a causation, she said. So um, it's an unexpected little sort of uh, debate about the whole vaccine rollout there. And then we moved on finally to. The, the big topic of the day, which was uh, tax, and I see our clocks turn around. Well, should, six we, uh, should we? Should we? We're we, going to we cover this. We could over, override the rules. Yeah, yeah. Rules I think we'll have to go a little yeah. bit because Sorry, you know, I obviously, to set my clock, obviously, yeah. um, it's the big uh, issue of this state's meeting, and we will talk about it at length tomorrow because I didn't really get that far today. But we had the opening uh, speech was by Deputy Hellier. I mean, was there anything new? Because we, we've heard from Deputy Hellier quite several times in the run-up to this debate. Was well, there anything new that you sort of what anything that kind of hit you? Yeah. Actually, the thing that hit me between the eyes, because I was the target, was uh, an attack on the media. I was one of the targets, anyway. Um, because, um, I mean, as you say, most of what he was saying had already been said, yeah. because obviously they've uh, published their policy letter. Um, he was scathing about uh, what he said was a misrepresentation um, in social media and in opinions reproduced in the media um, in regard to three particular things. One was the idea that uh, GST is regressive. Um, and then he said, yes, it is aggressive, but um, it won't be when the way we do it because we're going to yeah. tie it in yeah. with all the mitigations of you know, uh, increasing tax allowances. Yeah. I, in, I think in my reporting, I've always been cl- <laughs> eager to make that very clear. But I think he's right that the public don't understand that point yeah, because but, everyone yeah. keeps saying, oh, it's going to hit the poor, so that they haven't managed to sell that idea very well that actually personal allowances will go up. But, it, but then other people would say, well, personal allowances were already below the UK. So, 
Yeah, well, anyway, that, that's something I'm sure others uh, who are opposed uh, to GST will, will want to talk about tomorrow as well. Um, the other air, the other myth, uh, he, he said they were foxes that needed shooting. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the other myth he said was that the elderly were to blame for um, for all this uh, demographic time bomb problem. Um, and again, later on in his speech, he said that we can't stop the clock ticking and people growing older. Um, so, that, again, that's not cut through. You know, we've, I don't think... Well, me personally and neither of you have actually ever said at any point it's the old it's their fault you know but obviously he's concerned that that's what's coming across when they keep talking about demographics yeah and i i thought it was really interesting that where he talked about the alternative is income taxes and i think that among the public that sounds a lot more palatable but actually it it would hit the working poor more than a GST, and I don't think that that I don't think the public have, have have understood that. At least that's what their evidence is, and I've I've got no reason to 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 disbelieve that. But he was really very against the idea of raising income taxes, and felt that that would really threaten Guernsey's economy and its uh, attractiveness at you know bringing people here. Yeah, and uh, just to finish off, uh, I said there were three things. The third myth he oh, said was sorry. being uh, <laughs> propagated by, by uh, us in the media was the idea that you can find this 80 uh, million um, deficit by um, cutting staff costs and waste and inefficiencies. That's a, pop- that's a popular narrative. Then, it is, but it? I yeah. thought it was. I thought that was his mantra before this all kicked off. I thought it was Deputy Hellier, among others, who was saying uh, it's all about the inefficiencies. Let's find that first before well, we have to yeah, raise any taxes. I mean, but he wasn't the only one by any yeah, means. Yeah, I mean, definitely in the election there was a general theme, wasn't there, yeah. that, uh, you know, the states was, the civil service was this bloated, profligate body of, uh, yeah. with gold-plated pensions and people... And the Guernsey Party really were quite hard. That was a platform. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, I thought I'd imagined it. I genuinely wasn't. But not only then. I'm very tired after (laughs) today's debate. Anyway, um, I imagine you are too after listening to a 10-minute state. Oh, oh, right. Okay, good luck with that. Um, So we'll be back tomorrow so you can find out how it all panned out with tax uh, on this feed again tomorrow. Good night for now. Cheerio.